where we're starting a sermon series today that we've, we've probably done most years that I've been here called the ABCs of Christianity. Just walking through what are those ABC things, those core commitments uh, that we need to be about or those temptations we need to avoid that are common to so many of us or, or what are the key doctrines that we need to hold to? What are the ABCs and our response to them? And look, it's, it's good for us to just revisit the basics. We saw an example of that just a week or two ago right here uh, to talk about Jesus clearly as we had a children's sermon. And, just, and because it was just a week or two after Holy Week, those events were still in our children's mind. And one of the children here, while Renee was teaching about Jesus, just made the comment, you know, Jesus at one point was in jail. There was a three-year-old sitting right here beside me who looked up at me, almost welling up with tears and the pain of disillusionment as that small child said, what did Jesus do to go to jail? <laughs> he didn't write bad checks. <laughs> Jesus was sinless. He didn't do anything wrong. And so it's good for us just to remind us what we believe what we're to do and to be, but also what are those pitfalls that we are to avoid. So we're going to do that today, looking at the Great Commission, about this ministry that all of us has. We started this last year. If you remember Mother's Day, go back. We'd looked at Proverbs and the gift of of teaching through moms. And today, just a reminder to all of us of the importance of teaching as as a way to, to, well, we'll get to that at the end but a way to lift up Christ for sure. Teaching ministry, you see it. Acts chapter 5, Acts chapter 13, Acts chapter 15, Acts 28. It is routinely in the life of the church, this ministry of teaching. And if I had time, and I don't this morning, I would go down a side road just as a reminder to us that all of us have to be under teaching. I know many gifted and dynamic pastors who will not be in a Sunday school class, a small group, or an accountability group. They pick and choose what they read, and they are never under the teaching of another. Everybody in Scripture, you just see it, the the importance of mentoring and teaching. And it's a good question for us. How is it that the Lord has taught you this week, and how are you putting yourselves under teaching? I can't preach that. That's a side road. But it's a reminder for us. To be a disciple means we have to be discipled. But now this call that Jesus says, if we're a disciple, we're to make disciples. And a core way we do that is in teaching. You see it from the very beginning of Scripture. Moses says in Deuteronomy 32, Give ear, O heavens, and I will speak, and hear, O earth, the word of my mouth. Let, speaking of the Lord, let my teaching drop as rain. You see it later in the Psalms. I want to read this title to you from Psalm 60. It's the longest title for any song in human history. Psalm 60, To the chief musician set to the lily of the testimony, a mictum of David for teaching. When he fought against Mesopotamia and Syria and Zobah, and Joab returned and killed 12,000 Edomites in the Valley of Salt. It's for teaching. We go to the Psalms for help. We go to the Psalms when we're angry and we want to speak to God. We go to the Psalms for worship. Many of the Psalms, like this Psalm, is for teaching. Psalm 119 says 10 different times, teach me. 
to critical ministry of the life of the people of God. When we get to the prophets, Jeremiah 32, 33, and they have turned to, to me their back and not the face. Though I taught them, rising up early and teaching them, yet they have not listened to receive instruction. And when we watch the life of Jesus in Matthew, it's the same thing. One of his very first acts in the Gospel of Matthew is teaching. Matthew chapter 4. Matthew chapter 7, they're astonished at his teaching. Matthew chapter 9, he's going about teaching everywhere. Matthew 21, he's teaching in the temple. Matthew 22, again, they're astonished at his teaching. Matthew 28, when he's giving the disciples the Great Commission, teach. It's a call to any disciple. This is the ministry we have to be about. It's no wonder then when Martha sees Jesus, or when Jesus is seen after resurrection, the word is teacher. Teacher. It's a critical ministry in the life of the people of God. And it's right for us to talk about it. Listen, and Renee said this, Ben has prayed this this morning. It's a great day to celebrate, and I'm glad that the church celebrates Mother's Day. But this, if we just did the math, this is probably a harder day for most of us than an easy day for most of us. We just did the math. I could put my hand up, Sarah could put her hand up on several of these things that we talk about, whether it's uh, for many of us who've wrestled either with miscarriages or infertility, many of us who've experienced loss, many of us in our families have brokenness or, or distance with children or grandchildren. It can be a hard day and a hard struggle, but there's wisdom in celebrating and remembering the call of God to work in and through moms, to celebrate his good gift. And listen, moms get, get a, a bad rap sometimes. I was years ago, decades ago, so you won't know the church, but when I was doing student ministry, I was interviewing with the church. And they were talking to me about my ministry and my background, and then they asked about my wife. Well, what, what do you do? She said, well, I was, you know, working at this hospital, but we just had our first child, and for a season, I'm going to be home, be a stay-at-home mom for this season. And one of the people who was on staff asked the next question. He, he asked her, would you have any higher aspirations than that? Now, I didn't say it out loud, but my immediate response was, oh, I have a very high aspiration. It's never to work with you. <laughs> we didn't go to that church. There's so many moms pressing through maybe difficult seasons. So it's right for us to look at God's calling, but not just with moms. This is the great truth, and I'm glad Renee reminded us of that. It's all of us. I mean, I'm just, I'm just thinking of the names of Sunday school teachers and youth counselors. Bobby Stringer, Julia Howard, Lydia Mitchell, Donna Case, Debbie Freeman, Suzanne McAuley. I, I can just keep going. They're mostly women in my life who raised me up in the faith when I was far from having faith. I'm still holding on to one of the commentaries I received from my eighth grade uh, teacher. My church mom, when it came to my calling to ministry, as a senior in high school, when I felt the call of, of God on my life, and I thought, oh, I'm just going to push that back. I've got plans. I've already got this field set up. I'm going to this college to get this degree. I'm going to be successful in this. But God was knocking at my heart. 
There were three people instrumental in my life and in my calling. Two of them were women. It's my calculus teacher and an ordained female pastor who, who were a part of God's voice to me to call me to ministry. It's a reminder to us again that all of us have a part in whatever sphere of influence we have as church mothers but also church fathers to be about the ministry of teaching, to use whatever sphere of influence you have in your neighborhood to be a spiritual mother. In your workplace, use that sphere of influence to be, to be a spiritual mother or father to somebody who's running from faith or struggling with brokenness. What a great gift, this ministry of teaching. Now, i got to end on a hard note here. It's a reminder to us, too, though, not only are we given this great, wonderful ministry that Jesus has partly come to do, that's been a key and core ministry of Jesus, his teaching ministry. We can't miss him as rabbi. If you just have Jesus as Savior and he's not teaching you every day, you're missing all that he wants for you. If you're not under the teaching of Jesus, the teaching of his word that's been gifted to us by the Spirit, you'll never know what he wants and wills for you. We always have to be taught and under discipleship. But part of that discipleship, what, is, what does Jesus say here in Matthew? He doesn't just say, go and make disciples and teach. What does he say? Teach them to obey. Teaching always has to lead to life transformation. It's got to be a part of, of whatever we do. Teaching's not just to build up my knowledge and my theology. That's critical. Teaching's not just to guard me and to, to, to make sure I can defend my faith when I bump into different ideas or ideas that are not of Christ. But teaching, if, if I'm under right uh, discipleship, it's got to change how I Live And it's got to be a part of my teaching as I, in, in, in teaching about Christ and about his word, it's got to call people to life transformation. Did you see it today with, this, with the choir? I love watching Blake sit down. It was like he bowled. Somehow he bowled. He just sat down and bowled over half of the choir. They all just started sitting down. They watched his life. He sat down. They just sat down right here. Uh, that's what teaching is to be. Not just, you just watch my life and let me tell you about teaching that ought to transform how you live and how you respond. We go to God's word in Titus 2.12. It says, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in the present age. Teaching should make for life transformation. You go back and read Deuteronomy 4, 5, 6, 24. I'm teaching you these things so that they will be observed. I'm teaching you these things so that they would be lived out. So as we parent our church's children, as we parent our own children, that's got to be a core part of it. Listen, I heard you laugh and murmur last week. Corey mentioned a great illustration of a dad who said, do, do something one more time and I'm turning this car around. And it was like 45 seconds of y'all talking. Corey was just preaching away and it was wonderful stuff, but there was people talking to each other because you've been through that, right? They just called our bluff. What do we do? You know? 
There's no room for a hard and dry legalism. When Jesus came, John's gospel reminds us he came full of grace and truth. It's got to be both. Truth, yes. A truth that transforms a life, yes, but also grace. But we've got to be careful that we're also giving that truth and about a life turn, a life that disciplines, a life that says you need to obey in our parenting, in what we share with our, with our friends at work or in the neighborhood. Yes, God wants to save you in Christ Jesus. He loves you more. Even more than that, though, he also wants to change your life. When you come to Christ, your life needs to be and can be changed. How is it you and I need to hear that today? What's, what's your next step? And your commitment to the life of our church family together, that as we minister through the various ministries, I'm going to take up teaching. Ben would love to pray with you and talk with you about that. Corey and Renee would love to pray with you and talk with you about that, about how you can find ways to, to be a substitute teacher or to fill in some gaps of vacation Bible school. Or, or how is it that, you know what, I really haven't spoken up in areas where I knew I should have spoken up to, to close friends and, and really done this ministry that Jesus said, we're to teach and to teach for obedience. Maybe in our house, we've just been a little too loose and I need to have, have that beautiful reminder from Jesus Christ. He came full of grace and truth. How is it you and I? What's our next step in taking up this critical ministry? To be under teaching, to make sure we're doing that, but then to also to look at how is it you and I can better communicate the gospel to a world that so needs the word of God. They so need to hear the truth of who Jesus is in his fullness they need somebody who will teach through their life, through their attitude, through their words. Let's pray about that. Father, we thank you for this day when we can remember the model of Jesus. That he came to give himself for us. Yes, we're going to celebrate that in this meal. We remember and celebrate that he was Lamb of God for us. But to also watch his life. And to listen to him teach this amazing teaching that, that spoke of you, but that also spoke about life transformation, about what can be. Father, we just feel ill-equipped to do that. Help us take the next step to, to learn in our own, maybe our own families, how to do that with our children or grandchildren, to pass on the faith. To be able to do that with friends, co-workers, to, to do that hard work of intentional work of, of, of equipping ourselves so we can rightly handle the word of truth and, and talk not just, not just about the salvation they can have, but the sanctification, the, the life transformation that we can have in Christ Jesus. Father, we, we pray we be found faithful to make disciples and to teach to teach in a way that leads people to observe all that you have commanded. Holy Spirit, however we need to hear this, your word today, we pray you bless our response. And now as we go to this table, we pray that you would meet with us, Lord Jesus, through your spirit. Remind us again of your great grace. Remind us again of all that we have in you as we celebrate and meet with you. In your holy name we pray. Amen.